Hello, I'm Darren Steele. I'm a coach, a deep thinker, and a writer, and this is Think Queerly, a podcast and publication on Medium that is grounded in self-examination, personal liberation, and queer thought leadership. Well, today I want to talk to you about inspiration and the fact that inspiration comes from within ourselves, but support comes from other minds. Now, a few weeks ago, I wrote a post titled, Why the World Needs Queer Creativity Now More Than Ever, and I did a podcast with the same name. And I opened that article with the following quote, and I want to repeat it because I I just, I keep reading this quote. I have it somewhere on my desktop that I can see it often. So here it is. If you are on a mission to discover what you have to offer and to bring it out into the world, every moment you spend distracted is a moment you aren't following your art. It's a moment you aren't pursuing your true potential. And that's from David Kadavi, who is a rather prolific author on Medium. And what I love about that is like, art means whatever it is you create. That could be art in the sense that we're thinking artistic, like drawing or painting or novel. But art is, in its truest sense, whatever creative endeavor you are doing. That could be you coming up with an idea for a group or you coming up for a a way in which you can solve a problem either in your workplace or as an entrepreneur, you're looking at how you can creatively come through to the other side and find an engaging and exciting solution to your problem. So this is what gets me excited. I feel that I'm here to inspire LGBTQ people to connect with their creative genius and their inner motivation to define their purpose such that they can then use their difference to make a difference in the world. That really sparks the light of inspiration within me. And it makes you think, okay, let's let's look at the opposite. What is the opposite of light? Well, darkness, of course, but in this context of seeking to do inspired work that, that really lights you up, you know, that expression, I was inspired because inspiration does come from that idea of being lit up. Well, the opposite is not in this case light, but boredom, or rather, sorry, the opposite of light in the sense of inspiration is not darkness, it's boredom. And boredom is the death of creativity and effective and efficient production. Boredom leads to unhappiness, and unfulfilled, possibly unhealthy, and inauthentic life. Now, boredom also results in procrastination, and you'll hear that in personal development circles all the time. It's like, how do you solve the issue of procrastination? Which is simply doing something meaningless, that isn't providing any value in your life, to avoid taking action. Procrastination is often, you know, trying to avoid facing your fears about why it is you are bored in the first place. Because you don't want to find out what's holding you back. Or you don't want to go into areas that might be uncomfortable 
which is where change and growth and progress and personal evolution live. They live in the discomfort. They live in the fear. So the core questions in life that are all connected to self-actualization are and in no order, and there's probably more, but I've just put down four. What do I want to do? So ask yourself, what do I want to do? What do I need to do? And if I don't do it, I'm not going to feel fulfilled. And then what drives me? What motivates me? What, what, what makes me go? And finally, what makes me feel energized, passionate, excited, joyful, inspired, and alive? There's a great quote from uh, Coach Dax Moy, and I'm participating in a 30-day coaching program with him right now. And it's this, motivation is target dependent. If you have no target, you won't experience much in the way of motivation. Motivation is requires movement, so you need to know where you're going to be motivated to move yourself towards that goal or outcome. So what does this have to do with LGBTQ? Well, for queer people, boredom can show up can show up as like a numbness that while it might be a result of procrastination, it could be a tool of avoidance. You know, the fear of the work required to live out of the closet as an authentically queer person. So, like, what's the energy you feel when you don't stand up for what's right? When you don't correct someone for their prejudice? or their slurs, or when you don't participate in a movement to create evolutionary change or inclusion, when you don't feel like you're seen for who you are, when you are not loved and appreciated for your creative genius and uniqueness. So ask yourself, Are you a closet queer creative? (laughs) Have you got an art in you, a creative bone? And don't think, like I said, just about painting or sculpting or dance. What is your creative genius? So before I go more into that question specifically, are you a closet queer creative. I want you to just play with me and get your mind out of the gutter. (laughs) But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to read verse nine from the Tao Te Ching. And I find this a very thoughtful, mindful verse. It really makes you think about how simple things can be in life when we approach them in a way of trying to understand our choices, our actions, and our behaviors, and how they affect how we feel and our outcomes. 
So I'm going to read it a couple times, but I will remind you that in the show notes is the link to this article so that you can see it printed and you can look at it, you can read it, you can maybe even pull out a journal and your pen and and make some notes to yourself. But as I read it, listen for whatever comes up and, and think about what each line means to you. And I'm going to do that now, and then I'll come back with another set of instructions. So verse 9 of the Tao Te Ching, and this is a translation by Stephen Mitchell. Fill your bowl to the brim, and it will spill. Keep sharpening your knife, and it will blunt. Chase after money and security, and your heart will never unclench. Care about people's approval and you will be their prisoner. Do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. So I'm going to read it one more time. Think again what these lines might mean to you and how this is showing up in your own life. And then really think about the last two lines which I'll repeat again at the very end. So here we go one more time. Fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill. Keep sharpening your knife and it will blunt. Chase after money and security and your heart will never unclench. Care about people's approval and you will be their prisoner. Do your work, then step back the only path to serenity. Those last two lines one more time. Do your work, then step back, the only path to serenity. So here are some of my thoughts line by line. The first one, fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill. So think about the world today. We are all taking in so much information that it's overwhelming. Scroll Instagram. We are processing more visual images per minute than anyone ever has 50 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. It's more than our brains have been trained to do. And the noise that we hear when we go outside, the variety of visual stimuli beyond just something like an Instagram, the information that is coming at us that we're reading online or through Google or through a newsletter and so on and so on. So this first line of the Tao, fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill, is about seeking balance. And in this case, the balance of giving out with respect to receiving, or rather kind of looking at life as you can't just take things in, you also have to not only just give back, but you have to put out, so to speak. Let's use a singular example to make this really clear. So if you go on Twitter and all you read are angry tweets and you're going down thread by thread and you keep reading more tweets about some form of injustice, maybe something against LGBTQ people or racial prejudice, but you do nothing about it and you just keep reading more of these and get more and more angry and you get this abundance of anger. Abundance usually means something wonderful, but your bowl, 
overflows. It fucking explodes with frustration and anger and hatred and upset. At some point, you have to figuratively empty that bowl of these emotions. And the only way you can do that is to take action. You have to concretize the emotion from simple feeling to doing something about it. You need a creative outlet to express your anger in an impactful way that might create meaningful change in the world. The next line of wisdom, and what I love about the Tao, is that it was written so long ago, it's in the most simplistic terms of what was available at the time, whether that be some sort of agriculture or farming or doing something in the household like Keep sharpening your knife, and it will blunt. Stephen Covey may have taken this expression when he talked about sharpening the saw. Keep sharpening your knife, and it will blunt. So, I have been for the longest time a personal development junkie. And I recognized quite a few years ago that I needed to back off because it wasn't that I knew enough. There will always be more to know. But did I need to take another course? Did I need to read another book? Did I need to take another online program? In your own life, whether it be this or something else, think about, you know, if it were personal development, personal improvement, this search, this search, is it distracting you? Because all you're doing is searching and filling your head with more information? Is it distracting you from what you were afraid to do? Or is it distracting you from being who you already are? But coming out with your authenticity scares the shit out of you? In this current world and economy of of overwhelm and availability and infinite choice, it's really easy to get stuck in analysis paralysis, which then results in decision fatigue and an inability to do your best work or do anything. In other words, if you keep sharpening a single skill, you're never going to be able to practice that skill. Again, you have to put it into action. What's the point of sharpening your knife if you're not going to use it? The next line, chase after money and security and your heart will never unclench. So money is not the root of evil. But certainly the love of money causes many people to act morally irresponsible or even reprehensible in some cases. Because money is not a real thing. It's, it's a construct of the mind. But it is also a significant part of how the world operates today. So much so that we think it's a real thing. But stock trading is primarily done on, on futures and ideas and not even anything concrete. So put simply, money is the exchange for value provided. But money is not security. And that's made evident by 
Those individuals have billions of dollars in personal wealth, yet they are afraid and angry and will do everything they can to make sure that the government doesn't take away even 5% in taxes to redistribute for social programs for people who have nothing by comparison. Like Security is a human need. It should be a human right, basic human security, meaning having a roof over your head and safety. And that comes from a deep sense of belonging as well on the emotional level, which extends to peace of mind. That gives us feelings like safety, respect, inclusion, and support. And as LGBTQ people, money alone will not solve our problems. It can certainly be useful when well-utilized. But belonging as who we uniquely are, that will. So belonging is of the heart. Next line. Care about people's approval, and you will be their prisoner. Now, this one for LGBTQ people, caring about other people's opinions of us, might mean that we consciously or unconsciously modify our mannerisms, the sound of our voice, how we dress, what we say, what we don't say. Maybe we act one way around our closest friends, and yet we get into the office and we just act straight or we shut down. Maybe we join in the chorus of how all the boys are talking in a misogynistic way because we don't want to be found out or we don't want to rock the boat. So we oppress, we limit, and we restrict our own truth, our authenticity, sometimes for our personal safety. Other times, just to be tolerated or to be blissfully and ignorantly ignored by others or as a way of trying to be accepted. We excuse ourselves. Thank you, Harry Hay. We excuse ourselves to fit into the square hole that the dominant social order expects us to be hammered into. Well, the only problem is we're a fucking triangle. And no matter how hard you try and pound us in there if you do get us in there you're going to break off the edges and we're going to be edgy and we're going to be really unhappy people and by trying to fit in when we're trying to bust out of the fucking hole we become horrible awful angry upset depressed less than human beings so the final line the wisdom the wisdom line that builds upon everything that precedes it, which is sort of the nature of the verses of the Tao. <clears throat> Do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. So watch and observe all that you do. Notice what you need, what you say, what you listen to, from podcasts to music to news who you associate with, who are your friends, who are your gurus, who do you look up to, who are your thirst traps on Instagram, how and where do you spend your time, what do you think about, what do you do for fun, notice how you feel and react in those situations, and don't, you don't have to judge yourself or react to what others do, but observe and then decide. 
If that action, your work, your habit, your choices are serving you, and if it empowers or disempowers you to be who you already are. Because when you are being your best self, when you are being who you already are, that is serenity. That is peace of mind. That allows you the opportunity to thrive. Pulling this into the context of like creativity, and if you were working to produce something from your creativity, James Clear, uh, who's sort of a habit expert, has written, we place unnecessary stress on ourselves to lose weight or to succeed in business or to write a best-selling novel. Instead, you can keep things simple and reduce stress by focusing on the daily process and sticking to your schedule rather than worrying about the big life-changing goals. When you focus on the practice instead of the performance, you can enjoy the present moment and improve at the same time. And thank you to the city of Toronto for collecting garbage outside my window. But I'm too in the zone to to re-record this. But just to mention that bit, focus on the practice. Focus on your work instead of the performance, right? Focus on the practice, do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. Then, as James Clear says, you can enjoy the present moment, which is serenity, and improve at the same time. Serenity is only experienced in the now. It's the contentment of being in the now, of not being in worry about the past or being in anxiety and fear about the future. So let's move into creativity a little bit more. If you only create something for yourself, does it exist? We do a lot of necessary and essential tasks in the day for ourselves, from eating breakfast to tying our shoes, having a shower, exercising, sex. But would you invest your time and energy into creating something that might make a difference in the world and not share it with anyone else? Would you keep it all to yourself? You know, this begs the question, what are your talents, strengths, and abilities? How do those things support your true life purpose? I believe that happiness and joy come from creating life experiences that we share with others. Creating is simply a part of our nature as human beings, but this natural state is often stifled by the challenges of simply having to survive and live in modern society. We need to make money. Social media distracts us. We have monotonous and drab architecture living in the downtown that suppresses and controls nature. And even when we do get out into nature, it's a manufactured park with perfectly mown lawns and nary an animal in sight, except perhaps for a dog on a leash. But what happens when we come together and do things together. Now, our creative expression is our own. And we thrive as humans when we share our work and our lives and our experiences with others who appreciate us and are supportive and and encouraging and accepting. These are expressions of love from the heart, right? That line earlier from the Tao. These are expressions of love, which is 
the requisite human energy that sparks creativity. I don't know if we can be creative without some sort of love. In the largest sense of the word, the being in the moment in, in creating something beautiful And doing activities and co-creating with and for other people is what makes us better humans. That's how we have an impact. That's how we evolve. And, of course, as individuals, we need periods of solitude to recover, to quiet, to rest, to process an idea, to bring forth a new one. But the outcome of our efforts require feedback, sometimes collaboration if it's some project much bigger than just us, and then enjoyment, being in the joy of the moment, being experiencing happiness and love and sharing in that moment, which is really all that enjoyment means. You know, the, the, the typical cliche of the lonely author writing for hours on end in solitude every day, they are still telling a story that people will eventually enjoy. Other people will eventually enjoy. And here's a truth that I know. When you know yourself, you can use your creative genius to manifest the changes you want to see in the world. Why you might not be doing that is fear holding you back or procrastination. Now, if you're working on something really big, like a project that's just bigger than you, this type of transformational work, meaning that it's going to have a big impact on just more than one person, can be stressful, frightening, challenging, scary, risky, demanding of your time and your energy. And the antidote to this creative isolation is not necessarily working as a team, but having regular support and encouragement from others, a mastermind in the largest sense of the word. Now, if you want to make an impact, if you want to use your creativity to make a difference in the world, you will benefit from support and interaction with others in a facilitated, structured environment, one that supports a shared mission of thoughtful completion, one that empowers you and encourages you and only gives you criticism in a way that is positive and helpful for you to solve the problems you have identified or the areas that you have identified you are struggling with or to see perhaps the pieces or help someone see help some help or that somebody will help you see a piece that's been missing and you are like ah wow that's it that's what i've been missing that is the missing piece has that ever happened to you so the sole aim of my queer creative mastermind program is to give you the support you require based on the questions you might bring to the table to solve problems for which you need solutions, which can then help you accelerate your progress by interacting with the other members of the group who are each pursuing unique creative projects. So this queer creatives mastermind that I'm bringing together, we'll have a maximum of four participants, intimate and focused and intentional. It's literally a container for queer minds to support each other's creative efforts. And 
to have influence. And it might not be that your ego is saying, well, I want to be influential. I mean, influence in the sense of doing something impactful that has a meaningful outcome in other people's lives. To have influence, we need to foster a humanity of belonging. One that allows all people to thrive. And I believe as LGBTQ people, we have unique gifts and a way of looking at the world that makes us creative in a unique way. And this is what I'm here to help people foster in this mastermind group. These are the conditions then that allow for creativity and self-actualization. These are the conditions that make us the most compassionate, empathetic, and open-minded. These are then the conditions of the queer creative's mastermind to use our uniqueness to make a difference in the world. I want to read something that I said in a podcast, Being at Ease with Yourself, and and the link is in the show notes. Letting go of the need to be made to feel worthy by someone else, knowing that you exist as you are, and that is enough, you can embrace your purpose, you can embrace all of your gifts and strengths, and put them to work by taking action in the now not worrying about whether it's not a right or a wrong choice or fretting about whether you'll fail because failure is only an indication that you're looking in the wrong place and to need and you just need to look over to the other side failure is an indication that you took action and failure is just a signpost that you are doing that you are being creative but it might not as an action match up with the vision you had for the outcome. And that's great because now you can always take another action so you can live out the best of who you are. So last question. Does the idea of a supportive, encouraging, small group mastermind excite you? Have you got a creative project that you're working on or that you want to start, that maybe you've been mulling about, thinking about, you just don't know how to do it. You might need some of the encouragement of people that are dedicated to helping you succeed in the sense of doing this work. You might want a structured environment that will help you get to work and stay on work and feel engaged and be in the right kind of flow state in the sense of knowing you are doing the right thing and if this is of interest to you then let's have a conversation there's no landing page for me to send to you with like a pitch and a video trailer and a limited time offer and a special bonus if you sign up now before this date none of that instead you can go to my coaching page at darrensteel.com coaching and learn more about my approach. And at the end of the page is the three ways you can work with me. And the last way is the Queer Creatives Mastermind. And there is a link to fill out an application. There are some very thoughtful questions to see where you are in your life. And that's how we'll find out if you're a fit for the program. And then we'll have a conversation so that we can discuss the details and see for you if it's a fit. Thank you for listening, and as always, 
think queerly and live proud. <laughs>